Hi, I'm Lydia with Revelation Real Estate, and today in Solving Life's Next Chapter, we have Francisco with Keystone Law Firm. Thanks for coming back, Francisco. Yeah, my pleasure. And we're going to actually be talking about the three things that are missing most out of a living trust. And this is really good. It's at the beginning of the year, so we need to, like, gather our things and and put a trust together. But we want to make sure that we do it correctly. So we're going to go through three things that usually are missing or that that can be missing from a trust. So let's start with the first one. Um, the first one is don't avoid a living probate. Explain that to us. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so with these, with this topic today, we're gonna. It, it it's easy to throw one together. Right. Right. You jump online, download a form. Yeah. Um, I really just want people to know that we get called in mm-hmm. after it's too late. Right. Right. When it's too late, you can't fix it. Right. And so this first thing that you've got is one of the most common things that get missed is that people don't set up their trust in a way that it avoids this big, giant mess in Arizona that I call living probate. Okay. So if you've never been through one, you're lucky. Hopefully you never do. Hopefully, you know, you know, all of your listeners (laughs) never have to deal with that. But if they have, maybe they've heard about it, something called a guardianship Mm -hmm. or a conservatorship. Mm -hmm. Now in Arizona, that doesn't have anything to do with what happens after someone dies. Mm. And that's very, people don't understand that. They don't think anything about that. You think of a trust, you think of someone passing away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just think of that's just for the wealthy, right? This is for rich people. So explain to the listeners what is a guardianship so that they understand what it is. Okay. So a guardianship is it, it gets triggered like we're living our lives here we're healthy we're upright we right. know we're living on our own terms as you know either we age or we have a stroke or something like that mm-hmm. god forbid something like that happens that moment is a big moment in the legal lifespan of of our legal system okay when that happens there's a there's a moment where the court or or actually the laws declare you as incapacitated. Okay. Okay. So that could be stroke, dementia, Alzheimer's. Yeah. It could be even you're in a car accident and all of a sudden you yeah. get put into you have a, a brain coma. injury. Yeah. Traumatic brain injury yeah. of any kind. So totally. that's what I know you and I do deal moment. a lot with that. Yeah. So so guardianships are when people are incapacitated and yep. cannot make decisions. They can't make their own decisions okay. at that point. So our okay. laws are built around the whole idea. I mean, our constitution is built around the whole thing of like, we're free people, right? right. We can do our own thing. Yep. Well, the moment somebody's incapacitated, our laws say, well, no, you, you can't make decisions for yourself. Right. Like we shouldn't let somebody who has advanced dementia be taken advantage of is essentially what it is, right? Right. We shouldn't let someone be able to walk in and grab their hand, you know, someone who's in a coma, scratch their signature on a piece of paper. We shouldn't say that that's valid. Right. And our laws don't let that be valid. Exactly. And that's where this whole thing is based around. So at that point, our laws say, no, since you can't do that stuff for yourself anymore, somebody has to be able to do it on your behalf. Okay. That's what this this moment in time is of being declared incapacitated. Mm-hmm. That's why that's so so very critical in our legal system. Okay. So from that moment, it 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 springs out kind of two different 
areas okay. where decisions need to be made by somebody else. Okay. So the guardianship is one area, okay. and that's where decisions need to be made about our, our, our physical person, our health, our medical, where we live, okay. who can visit us, um, oh. what doctors we see, what drugs we take. Um, it's everything medical and personal related. That's the guardianship decisions. Okay. And then the conservatorship, Okay, that's all the money, property, bills, finances, mm. taxes. That's all those decisions. Right. Okay. And they usually go hand in hand. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now, here's the living probate part of it. Okay. All of those things, right, we get called in say, oh, my gosh, mom or dad, this or that emergency type situation. Mm-hmm. If they don't have everything squared away, if their trust isn't set up to deal with the the incapacity part of life, right? then they have to actually go to court to get permission to do those things. Right. They have to actually go to a judge and get a judge to sign off saying, yes, you can be the guardian okay. or you can be the conservator. Okay. And in order to get that judge's signature, we've right. all seen lawsuits and how litigious our society is. Yeah. It's the exact same kind of ugly nightmare process. It's it's a lawsuit and everybody in the family has to be involved. The court has to appoint attorneys and doctors and accountants and social workers. Right. And it gets to be in, insanely expensive. Right. And for those that don't, I know you and I have done this with folks. We've done guardianships and conservatorships. Yeah. So what people don't realize, I think, with these situations is um, it's it's a full, the, the person who needs the guardianship mm-hmm. needs to have their own representation. Is that yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they have a, 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 a team of, of attorneys mm-hmm. and then the family member who is trying to be the conservator for that person yeah. has to have their own attorneys. And that's where I think people don't realize that that's how, it, how expensive it can get. I'll give you the, an, an example. We had a gal whose dad, um, when he, when he first uh, got diagnosed with dementia, okay. the doctors kind of said to him and to her, okay, daughter, you need to start to step in and take care of your dad. Right. And so she sort of incrementally started to do more and more help for him, uh, more things for him. Well, it got to the point where his dementia got you know, pretty advanced, and mm-hmm. she had to place him into an uh, assisted living home. Okay. And she took over control of all the finances. Right. Well, he had set his trust up a long time ago, and it didn't have this whole incapacity planning like stuff in there. Right. And so when it got to the point where his dementia had uh, advanced to the point where he really didn't and shouldn't be making his own decisions, he ended up walking out of the assisted living home and calling and getting into a cab and told the cab driver, take me to the airport. I'm going to Costa Rica. And somewhere along the way, the cab driver realized, whoops, I shouldn't be driving this guy around. And um, I don't know if he didn't know where to take him back because it ended up that the police department got involved. They got the daughter. She came out. She found out that he didn't have this incapacity stuff in order. So his trust was completely missing that. Since it was too late for him to re-sign new documents, she had to literally hire us as her lawyer. Right. And file for this request in court. Okay. Once you file this, then the court appointed an attorney for him. Right. 
And what that attorney did in that case, which is not uncommon, is is ask the court to appoint a guardian ad litem, right? Okay. Which is another attorney, okay. And then you know a doctor, right? And then an accountant, and right. all of these people, all these professionals, are being paid out of dad's money, right? So they they did that. I'm assuming because she hadn't been the one. She hadn't been considered the uh, conservator of her dad right. at that point. So this yeah. this is obviously while they're doing all their investigations for the, okay. Yeah, for her to be able to take care of all the decisions. Like she went right. back to the assisted living home and started chewing them out. Like, why did you let my dad leave? And, you know, they kind of put their hands yeah. up because they're we can't lock him up. This right. isn't a jail. Right. And um, he didn't have the mental health powers right. and all these things that were necessary. Yep. So she couldn't put him in a memory care unit. Mm. And those are the type that they do. They do control the access, the the exits. And right. so he wouldn't be able to wander. Right. So as part of the court process, she got the power to do right. that. So. Mental health power, that is one, we are one state of just a few that actually has yeah. that particular document. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. And that has to be in the trust. That has to be part of that package because Arizona sort of recognizes that your treatment for physical medical conditions okay. is one thing, right. but treatment for mental and cognitive things is something different. Okay. And so you have to have both of those. Right. And it has to be written in a way so that if, you know, if my dementia declines, you don't want me revoking that power. Right. So they kind of work together then. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, they work together. Yep. Okay. Yes. And it can be the same person doing all of it. Okay. You know, like he had named his daughter years ago, but it didn't include all this stuff. Right. So when she went to the court, she asked for all the power to right. take care of everything. Now, um, and I, I see that a lot as well, but you could do, you could have a different person for the guardianship and a different yeah. person for the conservatorship. For the Is money, you can have a okay. different person for medical and a different person for money. Yep. Okay, depending yep. on what the situation yeah, is. Some yeah, some people might be appropriate for one or the other. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. So so um, you and I recently went through one as well where it was kind of a similar thing. Husband went into um, assisted living, couldn't take ever, care of his wife who ended up in a memory, memory care, care community. Yeah. And they, too, didn't have a trust in place, and it had none of this. Yeah. So, um, and you, this is the stuff while we're alive. Yeah. It just That's why it's such a big, missing, glaring thing for yeah. us because we get called, like I said, when it's too late. Right. And people are like, I didn't know a trust was supposed to do anything while I was alive. Right. And actually, in Arizona, the bigger... Uh, financial risk okay. for probate fees is while we're alive. Yeah, you know the average probate fee is is anywhere in the neighborhood of sixty to seventy thousand dollars for that living probate. Right, that's Be a ton of money because people don't realize. I I explain it to folks this way: it's it's it goes through the probate court even though you're alive. So yeah. it's basically they're going through basically a probate while the person is alive. That's exactly basically what, what it doing. is, right? Yep, that's exactly what they're okay. doing. Yep. So years ago, I had a situation where I was taking a listing with a woman who was in her 90s, had lost her husband years ago, and the neighbors were starting to get involved. And they were on checking accounts, and they were kind of taking care of her. Well, she was at a point where she needed more help, and they just couldn't do any more. So we had called um, – we ended up having to call Adult Protective Services because yeah. – she didn't have a trust in place and she had no 
children and no husband and um, they came out did an investigation and it was frustrating for me because she clearly had medical issues or mental issues and but she was together at the time of the appointed time and then and then (laughs) and then they had to call in two doctors to deem her they had to make sure you know they had to do the investigation to make sure that she was deemed incompetent because they explained it to me and of course the process took a lot longer than I would have hoped to. Right. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, her health declined, and she was falling. And and really, I mean, what Adult Protective Services told me is that when you're going through this process, you're basically taking someone's rights away. Yeah. And it's not they're not going to willy nilly just take somebody's rights away because no, we don't no. live in a yeah we live in a free country, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. No, we're we live in an absolutely free country. And it, it, you know, we've seen this power uh, of guardians and conservators be abused a couple times. Okay, but in all, in in the vast majority of the circumstances, the court really wants to the judge who has to look at this stuff mm-hmm. recognizes that you are a free human being, right. and I'm going to say you can't vote. You right. can't drive. You can't sign a check. You can't swipe a credit card. Yeah. You can't do any of these things anymore. You can't even tell your doctor no. That's a tough. Yeah. That's huge. I don't think people realize how. I mean, they don't realize until they're it's going through this. Huge. It is a big thing. But that's what. That's basically we, what you're doing. That's absolutely what these things yeah. are doing. Um, and and if you don't have your trust set up to take care of this stuff while we're alive, right. you the trust would would let you let your family take care of all of that privately, right? right? right. Like privately how we most kind of think yep. it should happen. Yep. No, now it has to happen in the court system. Yeah. Right? So it's basically open. It's It's, open. It's a public proceeding. It's expensive. It's embarrassing. It's frustrating. You know, all the family has to get dragged into it. It's just, it's ugly. It's slow. Yes. Nothing happens quick. Yeah. And when when you go through that process, is it similar to a regular probate when someone has passed where it's public record? So Mm. any creditors can come. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's similar to that as far as that's concerned. In that sense, it's very public. And and yeah, there's no, um, there's, yeah, nothing is sealed. Nothing is private. It's all just, and you're literally sitting in there in courtrooms with people in the back waiting for their court case. And they're hearing every, all the, you know, dirty laundry that's happening in your family. I've been there. So definitely. Yeah. Okay. So that's one, um, that's one piece that is usually missing from that. And especially I would think those folks that put their trust together years ago, because we didn't have the mental health power until in how long ago, like a couple Uh, years ago? No, it's more than that. It's maybe about 10 years ago now, but even still, I mean, we talked to so many people that I didn't, last time I did this one was when my kids were little, you know, and that was 20, 30 years ago. Okay. Yeah. The the laws are different. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So the second one is, um, it doesn't get created early enough. (laughs) So explain that one to us. Um, so in so the living probate is one of the probates that happens if this isn't done right. Okay. There's the probate we all know about after right. death, right? right? Which if it's not done right, if it's not set up in time, of course, then you know there, that can trigger a probate after we pass away. Right. Uh, I just talked to a ton of people who are 
who kind of know they need to do this. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, I know I need to do it. Yep. Like, you know, yeah, I know I need to work out and eat healthy. <laughs> yeah, I know I need to go get my doctor checkup. Yeah, I know I need to change my oil. You know, these are things we know we need to do. Yes. Um, we don't do them when we know we need to do them. Though. Yeah, we, right. <laughs> it's, you know, when would you, when would you love, when would you be more than happy to pay for car insurance? Probably never, well, if I had to. Think about it. <laughs> but at like, the very end. <laughs> like, at, at the moment after the accident. Oh, oh, yes, you know, absolutely. You'd be thrilled. Like, oh, my gosh, my car has $20,000 of damage. I'll write a little premium check to right. you, you know, whoever my insurance agent right. is. That's what we want to do with right. this stuff, right? Right. Um, we had this just – this kills me. We had a uh, – so our firm, all we do is this kind of stuff. with right. State planning, wills, trusts, and then the probate work. We, you know – Three, four, five times a year, we get those emergency phone calls okay. where it's a family member saying, oh, my gosh, you know, mom or dad has a couple days to live right. or a week or two oh, or something. Yeah. And, you know, they're still competent. Right. But they got this really scary result. Right. And they have no time to do anything. But they've somehow somebody said you should call and you should try. Right. And so since we do get those phone calls a few times a year, we have a pretty good protocol for what to do. Right. So, you know, the phone call goes straight from the receptionist to an attorney. Like we just find somebody in the office, we get an attorney on the phone. So we got one of these phone calls um, and it was one of the adult kids said, mom, you know, probably has five days to live. Okay. Um, We went through the steps. We sent a team out to the hospital. In a moment like that, it is, it's almost impossible to try to put a whole trust and a, a really comprehensive package together. Right. It's hard enough to do a will okay. that is signed and notarized and witnessed and everything is correct and it's going to stand up to scrutiny. Right. It's hard enough to do that right. It's in an emergency like that, it's almost impossible to do yeah. a whole trust. So in those situations, we're almost always just trying to get a will done. Okay. Um, even though a will has to go through probate, it's not the best tool right. in the best of circumstances. Right. It's it's what we can do in an emergency. Right. So we send someone out. We get a will done. Okay. Sign. And a will is written instructions, correct? Yeah. yeah it's, okay. It is. It's all you're putting in there is who's in charge okay. after I die and where does my stuff go? Okay. It's pretty you bare bones. Try to bones. make it basic. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty bare bones. It has to get filed in probate court. has to become public record. Okay. But if you get that done right, then the court can make that legal and valid after you die. Okay. So she passed away. We filed it. And one of the things that really sucks about wills, because you have to file them, you have to go through the court process, is you have to give everybody in the family an opportunity to object. Yes. And of course, we got an objection. Right? So anyway, so we deal with these kinds of things. So we get an objection. What really kills me about this particular circumstance is that um, the the client, she was in her mid-50s. She was young. Young, right. And her adult son, or I'm sorry, maybe she's a little bit older than that, but her adult son, who came back to us to help us enforce the will, for the last two years, he's been saying things like, my mom's been thinking about doing this for years. Mm-hmm. My mom's wanted to do this forever. She knew she needed to do this a long time ago. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't until the doctor stared her in the eyes and said, you've got a few days you to live. You need to take care of your affairs. When yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, I have to do this now. Yeah. And 
so she did it, but it ended up with two and a half years of litigation. Oh my goodness! And we're this is not a big estate, right. not at all. We're talking about a house and some retirement, you know, like just uh, just whatever, right? right. We're now two and a half years later. We're finally it's being distributed. We got the will enforced. We got it finally declared valid. But after, but through the process of the court, you know, it being contested, it takes forever to get it finally done. Right. And she has known she needed to do this forever. Yep. Had she done it, you know, while she wasn't under any pressure, right? This would have been a completely private affair. Right. Right? right, it would have been done months after she was yep. she passed away. Yep, um, and I get a lot of those calls as well. Um, as a certified probate real estate specialist, yeah. I, I and we have Savior Hospice as one of our um, sponsors. I get calls from Savior Hospice or other hospice hospice companies in the valley, and they'll say, um, "What do we need to do? We've we've got someone that is." still with us but we are yeah. they're they're declining very quickly and we need to put something in writing yeah. I, I i get those calls yeah. and i'm not an attorney so right. i can't right. even you imagine them the because you're in there yeah because you have yeah. to literally get to them asap it's, because there's no hesitation years and years and years ago we had one case where we got that call and the family said no the doctors say we've got a few weeks so it was a thursday we'll meet with you on tuesday great well they passed away over the weekend so yeah. after that we just said no when we get that phone call, it, the the phone doesn't hang up. Yeah, it goes. Somebody's got to get Somebody's going to take yep. this, you know. And that's kind of where the calls that I, the few calls that I've gotten like that, I literally I'm giving them your number, yeah, and I'm like, you're just you need like to call like now, today, like right now, <laughs> like right yeah. this minute, yeah. because so, they don't realize that time is really time is of the essence for uh, those folks. This is one area where there's like you don't have time to waste yeah. at all. No, yeah. The so so the second big point here is that they don't get created soon enough. I, this is maybe, you know, maybe I'm trying to read, read people's minds on this, Mm -hmm. but I hear a lot of internal pressure that we put on ourselves when we're going to create our will or our trust that I've got to create this, you know, amazingly perfect document Mm -hmm. that I'm going to somehow be able to not only make decisions that fit my life today, Mm -hmm. but are going to fit some hypothetical circumstances next year and five years and 10 years and 20 years and 30 years down the road. Yes. And it's going to fit all of those circumstances. Plus, if I'm married, it's going to fit whether I go first or my spouse goes first. There's and your brain goes like gridlock. Yeah. And we can't make all those decisions. Right. It's impossible to try right. to figure all that out. Right. Um, so what what we do with our clients, mm-hmm. and I guess I'll let my uh, one of our little trade secrets out here. Okay. This is this is one of the the ways we have figured out. It, it, like it's just it's so much simpler than that. It doesn't okay. have to be more complicated. Right. Than that. The best way to do this is to say, you know what, I, I, I'm sitting here. The last time I did this was 20 years ago. Oh, my gosh, if I died now, this is going to be a mess for my family. Uh, I better just put something together now okay. that's 99% better than that. Right. It might not be that, you know, oh, Eureka, right. beautiful, everything is, you know, unicorns <laughs> and rainbows, right. perfect. Right, right. But it's 99% better than that old thing. Let's get that down. Right. So what we do is we sit down and we say, look, 
if you didn't make it home from our office right now, right. what would you want? What's the most important? What yeah. would you want? Who's in charge yep. and where does your stuff go? Mm. I mean, that's it. Let's get that down. Let's get that in a in a really, really complicated legal document. Let's at least get that done and right. right. Because two things happen after you do that. Okay. First, you get this huge sense of relief right. of, holy cow, if I got hit by an 18-wheeler on my way home today, they would know what to do. Right. And it would be easy for them to implement. Right. Because it's all legal, it's valid, it's incorrect, it's done correctly. Right. I'm at peace. Yeah. And the second thing that happens is as you live your days right. with that down, right. it's not written in stone. Okay. It's written in paper. Right. Which you can change. Right. So as you live with that, what we do is we just check back with you once a year and we say, hey, this is what you decided last year. Right. Do you have any different bank accounts, different assets, different whatever? Right. You know, how's your family doing on these different things? Right. If you want to make a tweak or a change, it's, it's word processing. It's right. easy. It's easy. It's super do. easy. Yep. You know, I think I think in some circumstances, my industry has done kind of a, a, a played a big joke on everybody. Like it's hard to make word processing changes or yeah. something. You know, it's <laughs> not hard. <laughs> like we're lawyers. We know how to use word process. We right. know how to use Microsoft Word, right? right. Um, and so it's super easy to make changes. Okay. So what we, I'm a big advocate for, get that first thing get done. Get something down. Get it yeah. down. Make it easy. It doesn't have to be complicated. And then you know what? Over time, as you actually live your life, right. make a little tweak. Okay. Live another year. Make a little tweak. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to do a much better job of making small adjustments as right. life goes on. Right. It's going to fit your life better as life goes on. Right. And you're going to be more likely to get it right. Right. You know, in right. your own mind. Exactly. You know, and okay. so we have some clients, they'll make it super simple at first, even though they have a really complicated situation. Yep. But then next year, they can add the next layer of complexity. Right. Next year, add a little more thing and, you know, right. add a little another thing. And then over, you know, the course of a few years, it's like this big, beautiful, amazing thing right. that avoids taxes and saves them money and it's got right. asset protection and all yep. this cool stuff. Yep. But you don't have to try to do that. Right. At the beginning. Right. And, I, and I'm, not a, I'm not really an advocate for that because it's too right. much. Well, and I think, too, um, when you don't, when you're in that urgent situation and say you've only been given a month to live um you know i I try to tell people this it's stressful enough to deal with whatever you're dealing with um that's why it's not good to do these things when you're under duress because it's like when i work with a lot of probate cases the family has to decide what to do with the house and there's decisions that need to be made within that that time and it's not the ideal time to make those decisions but they have to be made yeah. i would think just like this when you get that urgent call yeah you know or they're on hospice and hey we need you like in an like hour now. can you get here um you know it's you you've got to put something down like you said but Ideally, that's not the best time to yeah. make that decision because Absolutely. now you're just making the basic thinking, what am I doing now? When really you should be thinking at end of life about your family and yeah. about talking to them and giving them your last and, and advice before you. And, and the memories. Stories. Yeah. It's not, oh my gosh, I got to write something down so they don't have to go through right. a and, bad and, situation. And then you're worried and stressed yep. and, and all that. None of us make our best decisions in moments of stress. Absolutely. I agree with that. You know, and, and that's why it, it we just free the whole pressure. Mm-hmm. We say, you know what, get something down. Right. And and literally in two minutes, you could say, Hey, look, 
if you don't make it home today, tell me, what is it? What is the most like, who's important? Who's in yep. charge of winding all this up? Mm-hmm. And where do you want things to go? Right. Usually if you just kind of go that simple, you can think, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Uh, this person should be in charge, and I want it to go like this. Right. Okay. Right. Don't make it more complicated. Right. Next year, we can make it more complicated. Add more stuff. You can yep. add more stuff. Yeah. And you don't need to list every little thing in the house. You don't need to put post-it notes and everything. Right. <laughs> You just yes. don't, you know, your family will take care of it. Yeah. They'll do a good job. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But that's the second thing okay. is, is that people will put off doing this because of the, the thought that it's just this huge, huge giant yeah. project that you can't even get your mind around. No, right. create it early, create it simple. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Because yeah. I have seen, I have seen people not do anything. They have a roadblock because they absolutely yeah. cannot go forward. And that's, yeah. that's even worse than if they put something little down, even if it was it just that little bit, like you said. It totally is. Yeah. Yes. So on the third one, it is um, too complicated to, or too, um, what is this? Too. Oh, that it's too complicated to, to update. update. That's what it is. Yes. Too complicated to update. So yeah. tell us what that, what you mean by that. Well, it's, it's part of the same discussion of number two, Okay. but it's for folks who've already done a trust Okay. and maybe they did it when they had little kids right. or maybe they did it, you know, back when the kids moved out and went to college Right. and it's been 10 years, it's right. been 15 years, or even it's been five years. I'm, I'm not a fan of letting things get older than five years. Right. And it's just a drag, you know? I don't right. want to have to go back in and redo this whole thing. Right. Uh, it, you know, we get a lot of transplants from other states. We love mm-hmm. having people move in from other states. Yep. But it is, it, it feels like a drag, like another right. big giant project I got to take on. Right. Uh, I would say... When you move from one attorney to another, right. it is a little bit of a drag because right. you got to get up today under how they do things. Right. And um, well, and especially when you're moving out of state, the, yeah. the laws may have been different in their state than they yeah. are here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can see why that could be a little frustrating yeah. too. It sucks. I mean, nobody yeah. likes to have to do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. It just plain sucks. Um, so, but yeah, if somebody moves in from another state, they do need to have it updated mm-hmm. under Arizona law. One of the biggest reasons is is because a lot of the states in the Midwest or the Northwest, they have very different tax laws. And so you have different tax laws over there. You come over here with all those documents written for those tax laws Mm -hmm. and it's just going to blow up. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have local, uh, a local attorney look at it and get it up to date. It's just the reality of having it. So what the way we do this, the way I recommend everybody does it is you get it up to date under, um, you know, where you are. Okay. And then once you've got it up to date in Arizona, it should be a annual process. Okay. Just flat out, no excuses. You've just got to work it into the budget. Yep. We do this once a year. Yep. Like we do our taxes, like yep. we do our checkup with the doctor, like we whatever. Yep. You know, we meet with our CPA or financial advisor. Once a year, we go through a checklist and say, does anything with our trust need to be updated? Right. And it doesn't have to be complicated again, but you got to ask, you know, what are the different, uh, are there any new bank accounts? Are there any new investment accounts, new real estate, new vehicles? Are there any of the people in your life? Are they different? Right. Um, Divorces, marriages. Marriages, new babies, you know, people passed away. People have health issues. uh, People have financial problems. You know, should that be reconsidered? Right. 
just any of those kinds right. of things, right? They all have to just a quick checklist. And if the answer is yes, it doesn't mean yes, I have to change my all my documents. Right. But it means I need to have a conversation and ask. Right. Because sometimes it just does make a little bit right. of a difference. And sometimes you can just tweak it year yeah. to year and just amend things. Yep. And and really it's not it's not like the first initial one where you're no. doing all this no. you know, decision making and things like that. No, nope, not at all. Unless something has changed in that person person that you've decided isn't with you anymore, what have yep. you, and you need to change that. Yep. So if you need I, to. Yeah. I always tell folks, too, when um, when I talk about do you have a trust and the reasons why they need to have a trust, I tell them it's very similar like going to your CPA. Each each person has a different set of situations. And, mm-hmm. and even though everything may be um, – like real estate, the contract is the contract. It's boilerplate. It's formulaic. It's but every contract's different because right. all the terms are different, and so it's good to get someone who knows specifically what they're doing. Oh my doing. gosh! I I walked through the legal Zoom uh-huh. interview, uh-huh. and I'm reading some of their questions, and it's just a yes or no answer. Okay. And I'm reading that thinking, holy cow, if oh. you don't answer that, that's like a complicated tax question. Right. You answer that wrong, you're going to end up blowing this up in your kid's face. Yep. And it's just a matter of, of using somebody, you know, uh, I'm going to steal a line from a friend. He said, you know, why are Olympic athletes the ones who reach the new records and set the new records? It, it's not necessarily because they were born with the best genetics right. or because they – are the ones who work out the hardest and the longest. Right. It's because they have somebody who's helping them Guiding see them. things. Yep. They have a coach. Yep. They have somebody who's saying, you know, oh, put your foot a little bit like that. Yep. Or breathe a little bit differently. Yep. And watching them. And that's what you do for your clients. Absolutely. You say, hey, you're going to make the decisions, but what about this? And what about that? Right. And that's what we do with our clients, too. Yep. We say, hey, well, what about this? What about that? And we help them understand the consequences yep. of their decisions. And I love the 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 coach, that really does make sense to me. Um, Because really, you are coaching people to make the best decisions for their financial, financial, um, and their family. And they don't realize I, I get a lot of especially seniors when I do a lot of my talks, a lot of them, and especially the women, I don't know why this is, but a lot of them will say, well, I'll let my kids make that decision when I'm gone. And I always explain to them, I, I tell them that if you wait and let your kids make, because they don't want to make that decision for whatever reason. Yeah. And um, I always tell them this, that if if they don't make the decision before they pass away, that they're not doing anything good for their family. They're actually causing more issues within their family. I mean, I, I, I totally get it. Uh-huh. I mean, the last thing they want to do is the most important thing usually is I don't want to cause any division. Right. I don't want anyone to be upset at right. each other, right? And what's really neat, having been on the other side of a lot of our clients um, who've passed away, is we get to sit down with the family and say, here, you know, here were the decisions that were made. Right. And here's how things are going to work. And what we see is even if it was some simple decisions right. that the mom made, right? It's almost like, like her telling them, guys, I've, I, I give you permission to do it like yep. this. Yeah. And when that permission is given, mm-hmm. everyone just is like honoring that yep. and respectful of yep. that. 
And I no, agree. Nobody, nobody wants to challenge that because right. that was because that's we what we respect. That. That that's was what the decision. matriarch yeah. said, and that's I agree with it because yeah. I, I too, I've I've seen both sides, and yeah. it really does help the family when you can prepare ahead of time. And maybe something gets slipped through the cracks, and something yeah. may still have to go through sure. a probate situation, maybe for a couple of weeks or whatnot. But at least if you get the most most of it written down and yeah. done correctly, what I like about Keystone Law Firm and what you've done kind of differently than most attorneys is you meet with your um, clients on a yearly basis. So, and, yeah. And you have kind of a... That's our third thing. Yep. Is the big thing is keeping it up to date. Yep. We do that with a... Uh, we're very proactive on okay. that. So, you know, just like a, like with the Olympic uh, Olympian analogy, you could go out and be an amazing athlete on your own. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be, you know, if you want it to really work, you're going to get a coach. Right. So you could go out and update your stuff on your own. You just have to be a disciplined person to do it right. 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 Um, we keep our clients account- accountable to it. We, okay. we check in on them once a year. We do that checklist. We okay. go through the updates. And if something needs to be changed, it's really easy. We just make the tweaks and we, okay. we sign a new document. And is that an email that gets sent? Is that like a packet, an email, or how we, do you do that? We do it different. So okay. some of our clients will come in for an appointment. Some okay. of our clients will do it by paper. Some okay. will do by email. It so just you have depends. So that's nice for someone who's maybe out of state mm-hmm. or if they've don't They're have traveling. a lot of time. We have a yep. lot of clients who are traveling. We yep. have clients all over the state of Arizona. Okay. We have snowbird clients who are you know, back in their other home state, right. wherever that is. And so they're taking care of business uh, so remotely. So you accommodate yeah. many different ways for someone to do Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And what's kind of, what, what we do, which I haven't found anybody else, is when we are allowed to proactively chase you down, right. then we can put a guarantee around our plan that says you're, you will stay out of probate. Right, okay. And so we give something that's called our 10X no probate guarantee. Okay. I've not seen in any other firm offer that. I love it. That was just really important to me that, hey, if we're going to do something and say we're going to do it, we better put some skin in the game. And so we do. It's kind of like a CPA when you go to your, when you go to your accountant, they are guaranteeing that if you aren't going to go get an IR, have to go to the IRS and get audited. So, I mean, it makes sense to have that guarantee. And that's what I love about Keystone Law Firm, because you, you think, um, you have forward thinking ideas on how to make things more efficient and work better and I think it's because you've dealt with so many yeah. situations and I think when you're when you've had to go through so many of them you have to think to yourself there's got to be a better, a better way, way. and, and so, the big thing that f- that flipped me into this whole idea was learning that my industry unfortunately has a a business plan that's available if you so choose to pursue it, of do a whole bunch of wills and trusts for people as cheaply as you possibly can and just get your name out there because their family will have to call you when they need to go to probate. And then that's where they make the $60,000, fee. Um, and it just, it's unfortunate. Yeah. That's a very prevalent business model and, in my and industry. And I know a lot of people who have had to go through that yeah. situation. And it's not, I I tell them all the time, there's a better way. There there, there are is. good ethical attorneys yeah. out there that can do yeah. it the right way. So, yeah, I hope so. so. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So if, if someone needs to get a hold of you, um, Keystone Law Firm is your uh, practice. Mm-hmm. And they can reach you at 480 209 69 
yes. for any either updates, yeah. brand new trusts, mm-hmm. or if they are having to go through a probate situation yeah. right now. Yeah, if something bad happens, then okay. we can certainly help. Um, our firm uh, is also happy, uh, you know, if any of your listeners call, we'll give, you know, we do a uh, first appointment is called our discovery hour. Oh, okay. And it's a really low, like, I shouldn't even say low. It's a very no commitment type of appointment right. where we just want you to get to know us. Right. We want our team to get to know you a little bit. Okay. Uh, and at the end of that, you learn about what our process is and you kind of say, okay, this sounds good. Now I want to start building it. There's, you don't have to prepare for it. It's very, you know, low commitment. You just kind of. Do decide, it right then and there. Yeah, yeah. You, you just decide you want to get started, and then you can start working on the okay. things. Um, and we we make the process as about as easy and 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 pain free as it possibly, possibly can, can be. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And I I will say this too for listeners. Once you have it done, it is a huge burden off your shoulders. And you can rest assured that you know that yeah. you are taking care of your family and that yeah. your family doesn't have to deal with making these decisions because yeah. you've already made those decisions for them. Yep. So yep. the worst thing is seeing an adult child having to make decisions after their family has passed. And yeah. that, I see a lot of that, My and I know you do too, and just the agony of people don't realize that they're grieving their family member at that time, and they're not able to, um, t- to basically um, heal from that yeah. because they're dealing with these other issues. And I think yeah. people, if they really knew how it affected their family after the fact, they would have things done in place so that when their family is grieving them, they can go through that grieving process and 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 heal faster. And only that process and heal faster and not have to keep dealing with all these other issues that it's just going through that with folks to me is probably the hardest thing. So it's gut wrenching and how much the court probate system pits family members against each yeah. other. Just yep. it, it's an unhealthy place. It. And I, I would I, I wish I wish we all collectively made the decision that it wasn't necessary yeah. and just got our stuff in order. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I agree. Yeah. So again, if someone needs to reach out to Keystone Law Firm, it's 480-209-6942. Thank you, Francisco, for coming. My I pleasure. appreciate it. Thank and you for we having look me. forward to having you again. Thank so you. so that's our show for Solving Life's Next Chapter. Our two sponsors are Dispatch Health, Mobile Urgent Care, and Savior Hospice. uh, hospice and palliative care. And we'll see you next time on Solving Life's Next Chapter.